MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February 24th, 2020. Today, major shakeups at the ODNI. Kushner is now the pardon czar. Russia's back. The Nevada caucus. Anderson Cooper gets beast mode, and an interview with former FBI Assistant Director Frank Fagluzzi. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. Hello, how are you? How's your weekend? Good. Yeah, good. Happy Sunday. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Yeah. Sweet. I went out and saw... The Lord's... What'd you say? The Lord's Day. The... Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Shit, should we be doing this? <laughs> uh oh i think i've sinned too much for that to matter yeah this is the opposite of resting i was i was today today years old when i found out i wasn't supposed to work on sunday <laughs> this weekend you watched oh i went to a i went to a, a mad hatters themed ball that sounds fucking awesome which was very interesting um it was like full of like aerial performances and burlesque and dancers and you know it Hell was, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It was And 75% of the people were on hallucinogens. Absolutely. Hell they yeah. gotten free yes. that way. Yes. Was it at Rich's? I mean, because <laughs> I think they invented that. <laughs> it was at um, the North Park Observatory. Oh, oh nice. my God. That's fucking cool. That's a huge venue Yeah, for I should have oh. known how psychedelic it would be considering it was an Alice in Wonderland theme. And then oh, I got yeah. there and I was like, oh, of course. It was like UV lighting and crazy colors everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like... That makes sense. I didn't research it very much before. It was like a last minute invitation. And I was, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That sounds really fun. Half of the crowd was... A lot of water consumption. On things. (laughs) I, uh, one of our, um, uh, like, vendors, our staff member, our our accountant for our podcast, invited me to see her sons play at the San Diego School for Creative Arts. Aww. Um, where he goes to school and it was the Adams Family the Broadway production oh so fun oh cool and it was amazing I was like crying it was incredible and the mm. cool thing is these are like 6th graders to 12th graders yeah and they don't only just act in the play they direct it they do all the set design they do all the marks they do the sound they do the lighting like they're responsible for everything and it was so good I was so like impressed that's yeah. A, yeah. yeah I love theater made me feel good that's mm-hmm. very cool uh, really quick I went to Disneyland with my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I've talked about How with was great shame on this <laughs> podcast multiple times. Um, it was it was really fun. But when I was walking into the park, I'm walking by and someone goes, Jordan. And I was like, what? And I turn around and then I just like stared at this person and she stared at me for a second. She's like, I listened to Miller, she wrote. <laughs> I heard you were going to Disneyland. I wonder if I'd see you. And her name was Caitlin. She was really nice. She had her two adorable twins. And it was oh, so fucking random. That's amazing. How fucking random is that? Because as comics, like every once in a while, you'll be out in the wild and somebody be like, hey, I've seen your comedy. I love you. I never would think it would happen with podcasting. Right. It was a lot of very specific circumstances I had to line up for that moment I to mean, happen. it. Did just get featured on Oprah Magazine's list of top political podcasts. Yes, yeah, I, she, I our think faces it, aren't there. Yeah, no, no but there I, are pictures of you out there. Right. She's. Pro- I imagine she's a patron, but someone, someone that actually like listens to it up to date to have known mm. uh, to like be on the a lookout fan. for for Ginger, for tall Ginger, <laughs> and and I was with my sister, who's another tall Ginger, so we're very easy. Striking to Gingers. Yes, but it was just really funny and fucking random as shit. It was a day of coincidences at Disneyland. Awesome. Because then there were two rides where we were like just walking by, and the rides were closed, and then they opened, <gasps> and we got to go. And one oh, of them yeah. was like a two hour wait. Usually, we got in twenty minutes. It was the little you things. Good, good <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you get a good parking spot? Uh, well, my mom and my sister oh. only live like four miles away now. That's right. Yeah. Nice. So we did the whole like drop off like we were in kindergarten again. <laughs> little kiss and drop zone. <laughs> too bad Tangled wasn't a famous Disney movie when you were a kid because you would have had the perfect hair for it. Brave. Brave. Oh, brave. Yeah. Yeah. Especially your sister. Yeah. People come up up to my sister. They're like, you look just like that girl. What's her name? Merida? I have no idea. I've never seen it. Because you have wavy hair, but your sister's hair has got more of that tight curl Mm -hmm. to it. And it's just big red mane. And we're like big Viking people, too. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it's very fun. Anyways. Well, uh, let us know how your weekend went. Uh, (laughs) Go to our Twitter feed at at Daily Beans Pod. 
and uh, tell us what you did um, for, you know, some relaxy time because we all needed it this weekend. And um, and thank you also for all the pod pet photos. We have a pod horse. There were several Ooh. pod buns, a pod snail. Um, I, I, Is the pod uh, horse from Jenna? Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, buckskin kind of horse. Very hmm. beautiful. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know a lot of ugly horses, but I'm sure they're <laughs> out there. <laughs> like, this Which horse is interesting. was so hot. Yes, considering the use of horse face, talking about Bloomberg, that's interesting because <laughs> horses always have amazing faces, right? Yeah. They're beautiful. They have stars on their forehead sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Diamonds, hearts, mm. circles. Blue diamonds. <laughs> ah, caca. Rainbows. Okay. Uh, uh, we have news. Uh, this week. So why don't we do that? Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So yesterday we had the Nevada caucuses and Bernie Sanders didn't just win. He crushed the Nevada caucuses with 46.6%. Biden came in second uh, by almost 27 points with 19.2. Buttigieg got 15.4 and Warren came in fourth with 10.3. As Politico reports, With around half the results tallied as of Sunday morning, that's today, Sanders locked in a base of young Latino and liberal voters, uh, and that was more than enough to propel him to a decisive victory. They called it pretty early. The Vermont senator was the top choice for young voters, winning roughly six in 10 of those under age 45, according to entrance polls. And he won about half um, of Hispanic and Latino caucus goers, far more than any uh, other candidate. Mm. Tom Steyer and Amy Klobuchar failed to receive double-digit support at all. Um, Biden won the African-American vote, but only captured roughly four in 10 voters from the block, which should cause be cause for concern uh, f- for Biden, who, mm-hmm. who banked his candidacy on a strong support from that community. Mm-hmm. Buttigieg was hoping for second place, gunning for second, but he showed little ability to draw support from non-white voters. He won 19 percent of the vote among whites, good for second place, but only 8 percent among other voters, including 2 percent among black voters and 10 percent. Among Latinx so voters, did he do worse than Steyer um, in that in that sense? I don't have that here because I think there there was one poll I was watching from CNN that was showing him below Steyer because Steyer has a history of working on a lot of environmental racism issues. Ah, uh, yeah, and like the fact that climate change disproportionately affects Black folks and people of color, and then I think um like just other work too. So I think he has even Steyer has like a higher showing in that group. So Buttigieg yeah. really needs to. I'm sure strategists are fucking on it, but. Yeah, but where else can he win? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's pretty diverse coming up. And mm-hmm. and these are entrance poll results. These aren't actual mm-hmm. statistics yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to note half of Warren's votes came after the early voting, much of which took place before the debate in Nevada. So she got a huge boost from that debate um, that most, fo- most folks say she won. Um Definitely she did. Uh, Mm -hmm. So she does have a bit of momentum coming out of Nevada, even though she came in fourth uh, and that the votes don't show it. But her momentum is strong. Before that debate, she was down to just a couple of a million dollars in the bank. And now she has over 14 million. That's a nice payday. So that's a huge, huge uh, boost to her. Um, But we have to discuss where Warren and Buttigieg can win in upcoming races and Mm -hmm. how Warren can effectively spend her money in the upcoming primaries. Um, a lot of people say go hard after California. She's recently shot into second place, uh, behind Bernie in mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say dump the whole pot into California, but you might, that might not be the wisest choice. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe other states in Super Tuesday would be a better focus, like a, a handful of sort of Midwestern, more Midwestern states right. to, to sort of equal the amount of candidates that you can get out of California and Texas. Bernie could win Texas, yeah, which is 227 delegates, mm-hmm. I think. And so th- those are uh, two big states coming out yeah. um, of March 3rd. And so it, it makes it difficult for her yeah. to figure out where to spend that windfall she mm-hmm. got from the debate and if she can keep it up in this Tuesday's debate mm-hmm. yeah. um, in Why, South it's, Carolina. It's interesting they're having a debate so quickly. Doesn't it seem like they should spread it out a little bit? Well, I think they're, they seem to be doing them before all the early states, at least. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's sort of hard. To, now, somebody came up with a great idea as far as, you know, should Iowa go first? Should Vegas, shouldn't Vegas, the <laughs> state of Las Vegas. Ba- basically, basically, though. Is. The Vegas, <laughs> Reno state. Yes, no yeah. offense to <laughs> Search Light. And of course not. Henderson, yeah. we love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pahrump, you're great. Um, <laughs> no, the, uh, 
um, somebody said they had a great idea as to who should go first. And what it should be is whichever state in the last election had the highest voter turnout by percentage should mm. get to go first, should be first in the nation in the next primaries. That would f- We are the best at democracy. And it would mm. make it would force people out to yeah, vote absolutely. competitively. Yep. They'd be like, we want to go first next time. We got to get out and vote just so we can be first next time. Hell yeah. I think that's a astounding idea. It could go in order of, you know, most to least engaged in democracy kind of. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Like, yeah. like it, 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 it's not up to your electorate or the diversity or the, mm-hmm. the places or mm-hmm. or tradition. Uh, looking at you, Dixville Notch. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's up to how many people you get out to vote yeah. as a percentage of your population, as a percentage of registered voters, or a percentage of your population. Uh, percentage of population would actually incentivize people to register to vote. So. I don't know. I think that's a really great idea to to get the vote out. I have two quick things to say about the primary. One is it's very weird to me that we're calling Elizabeth Warren moderate now. <laughs> you know, I'm seeing her. Really? Re- Are yeah. people saying that? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people on the mainstream network saying things like like lumping Elizabeth Warren in with the moderate candidates mm-hmm. when they talk about like weird. the moderates versus Sanders. And I'm like, I don't look. Maybe she's not quite as far well, two as things Bernie. happened two things happened she backed up a little bit on medicare for all uh-huh. yeah and she took started taking money from super PACs. yeah yeah and, like, and she also has that history of being a republican yeah and i'm not and like the funny thing is here is like i'm not coming at this even with warren as my top choice i've already made it clear that like uh, if i could vote i would vote for bernie however i really like elizabeth warren i don't agree with everything that is necessarily happening like but at the same time i don't i wouldn't call her moderate you know, I would not call her moderate. She's still pretty progressive. A lot of her policies are extremely progressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she wants to. Yeah, she has some very, very progressive policies in comparison to like a Pete Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. So it's very strange to me. Like, yes, maybe she's not quite as left as Bernie, but I don't think that she's a moderate. So that's interesting to me, the way that the media is framing that. You know, and I'm I considered I a progressive and I agree with every single one of Warren's policy yeah. points. Right. Um, she's actually, as of this minute, <laughs> who I'm going to vote for in the yeah. primary. But uh, she's she was huge with the progressives. We were dying Absolutely. for her endorsement mm-hmm. of Bernie her. Sanders in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep, like come on, endorse, totally. endorse. Mm-hmm. We were hoping she'd be the VP pick, anything, mm-hmm. and and it, no, it never really went anywhere. Uh, but and I even support her taking PAC money. I support. <laughs> I actually support all yeah. the Democratic candidates taking PAC money. Mm-hmm. Because of Bloomberg's yeah. and Citizens United and mm-hmm. the the money machine that is the uh, Trump and Republican um, stuff. And, and, and until Citizens United, or until all candidates mm-hmm. are not allowed to accept, then everyone should. I, I feel the same way about steroids <laughs> in sports. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a... <laughs> Go ahead. That's a... Take, make it a home run rally you know take them steroids and then if you know i think it's i'm and, kidding and, i'm so kidding please don't no, i i, I, I don't hear what you're me. saying because there are times when billionaires are like do you not want our money burning and he's like hmm you know like i, I like what if I after like what if bloomberg drops out and wants to make ads for bernie bernie can't take that money right and that's sad because bloomberg ads are great right i hear you know? what you're saying yeah i so yeah i, I doubt he would but i think like yeah. it's that is strange to me because i think that support for elizabeth warren is still support for a progressive candidate mm-hmm. um so and the second thing is I've looked it, it does feel difficult to know where Liz goes forward though because Bernie does have really 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 strong and I've done some research on this the last few days uh, support with Latino voters and his like efforts his grassroots efforts are deep and like intense powerful powerful mm-hmm. like he's going to I think that he's going to do really really well in California really really well in Texas Arizona Florida Well she got that 14 Florida. million but he still has twice as much money in the bank yeah. as she does so I think at least So it's like how do we how do we he route? also has a, an entire other presidential campaign run under his belt too. That mm-hmm. just translates. Yeah. So because you have all that de- all that data from the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I, but then also just the supporters who were mm-hmm. maybe supporters are on the fence supporters previously, and now they're like full in and donating even more money. That's yeah. me. I'm donating way more money to him this year than I did last time around. Yeah. That's also just a, pa- a function of like where mm-hmm. I'm at in my life four years later. Yeah. <laughs> I have more money to yeah. to donate, and but, it's you know, and uh, I'm sort of the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's less for me, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, as I've said, I'm going to go I'd love to talk to you about is. that one day because it has gotten, because you supported Bernie in 2016 pretty heavily. I ran to be a delegate for R- Bernie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you about that one day. Yeah. I, I, Maybe a patron bonus episode. <laughs> I, I just, it is. Sit here and tear each other's candidates apart. And, no, everyone's no, no. great. They're all great. I, Elizabeth Warren killed that debate. It just, mm-hmm. just, be, you know, just because I feel one way or another about her taking super PAC money, her taking that money to keep her candidacy alive doesn't make her a moderate. I just, no, I, don't know. I agree. The framing is really off on that. Yeah. Especially when there's, yeah, only like one person on that stage right now that's not taking PAC money. Yeah. And and I think I think people aren't so much concerned that she's, ta- if she'd been taking PAC money the whole time, it, it'd probably be fine. But because she flip-flopped on uh-huh. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but Bernie flip-flopped on guns. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people flip-flop. Absolutely. Obama flip-flopped on gay marriage. And mm-hmm. that's not flip-flopping. That's just growing as a fucking human. Yeah. But this specific PAC money thing is, is sort of like a third rail uh, because we all hate mm-hmm. Citizens United and we hate dark money donors. Um, yet here I am saying you gotta if you're going to compete with Bloomberg, who's just mm-hmm. trying to buy the entire thing. If yeah. it weren't for Bloomberg, I'd be more angry that she that she flipped and That's took back. Really money. fair thing to say. Um, next up is South Carolina, uh, where a poor showing for Biden could mark the end of his campaign, and Biden <laughs> has admitted that. Uh, I think it's time. I think it's time for everybody but Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg to drop out, and maybe even Buttigieg. Um, at least after Ooh. South Carolina, where I don't think Biden or Klobuchar will do well. Yeah. So we can head into Super Tuesday with fewer candidates, uh, lest we face a potential contested convention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a lot of shit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean to marginalize uh, Klobuchar supporters, Buttigieg mm-hmm. uh, supporters, mm-hmm. um, Steyer, whoever your candidate is. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Tulsi Gabbard can F off forever. But... Um, they just we need fewer people splitting these delegates so that we can have a clear delegate winner when, mm-hmm. by the time we reach the convention so that if we do have so what we do reach the convention, there's no anger and animosity mm-hmm. uh, and there's no like if there's no clear winner, whoever is the winner is going to be not liked by mm-hmm. other candidates supporters mm-hmm. who didn't get the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there'll be popular votes versus delegate votes arguments. And mm-hmm. there's just going to be like, we can avoid that whole thing. But um, and you probably will hate me for saying for saying I think it should just be Warren and Sanders and, and maybe Buttigieg left. But that's I mean, that's who's continually at the top of right. the ticket. There's a lot of people, regardless of like which names remain. There's a lot of discussion right now over when are they or are they at all going to get together and say exactly what you're saying? We're just splitting votes. We have three moderate candidates, like mm-hmm. actual moderates, not including Warren in that. We have three moderate candidates and we have two progressive candidates, one of which has not been doing great at all. The other of which is just running with these fucking results at this point, like this momentum, if it keeps going, he is going to, I think, be able to maintain a pretty significant lead. So do you get together and say, how important really is it to have a moderate candidate? And if it's that important, then someone's going to have to drop out at least two. Yeah. Or I one. mean, if you mm-hmm. get if you have Buttigieg, Warren and Sanders left, then you have, you know, small, medium, large when it mm-hmm. comes to moderateness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, and it sucks because I love Amy. I wish Booker had gone further, wish Harris had gone further. Yep. Totally. Um, Klobuchar did not do as well as she was hoping to, though, in Nevada She at did all. not. Yeah. She did not. And I think that's just a reflection of the diversity and the mm-hmm. different voting blocks in, in Nevada. Yeah. Biden is a huge Nevada state, too. I remember going to Biden rallies with my dad when Obama was running. He like the first second. time. He did pretty well. Yeah. When it went uh, just during the primary season and caucus season. And, and it was like, I think there's a lot of deep rooted support for Biden in that state. And I should say, I don't think he should dro- Biden should drop out now. I think he should wait to see what happens in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. If he mm-hmm. if he shows poorly in South Carolina, then it's it's probably over for him. Uh, I'm still worried that Tulsi will drop out and run third party. And I wish Bloomberg would just drop out and keep making his anti-Trump ads. Like, just keep doing that mm-hmm. or or uh, go with the, the, you know, the flip the Senate campaign, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because none of this shit matters if we don't flip the Senate. None of the policies that any of these people are talking about are going to matter at all if we don't flip the Senate. Mm-hmm. Nothing will get done. Um, on to other news. Last week, we found out that the uh, intelligence community, intelligence officials briefed the Gang of Eight, which consists of the Democratic and Republican leaders in the House and Senate intelligence committees, that Russia is attacking the 2020 elections. Um, We covered that on the last Daily Beans, but uh, new from Washington Post this weekend, we learned that a month ago, the Bernie Sanders campaign was notified that his operation had been boosted by Russia. When asked, Bernie admitted it and said that perhaps the vitriol online from some of his supporters may have been Russian accounts. He mentioned that in the debates too. 
He also said twice that it wasn't just Russia, but other countries that he was worried about. And Mueller warned about that in his testimony. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate him acknowledging it and disavowing the interference. He's quite forceful about it, uh, that he doesn't want help from Putin. And if he's president, Russia will never meddle in any future elections. Mm. Very strong words for Putin. Mm -hmm. What struck me about the brief presser, though, and no one's really talking about this, is as, as he was walking away, he insinuated that the Washington Post purposefully held the story so they could release it the day before the Nevada caucus to intentionally hurt his chances in the state. Uh, he didn't offer any evidence of that allegation. Um, uh, it just seemed, I, I feel I'm a, the only reason I'm worried is not so much that he said it. It's that no one really noticed it. And I think that that's a product of Trump and his constant mm. attacks on the press. Mm -hmm. And that concerns me greatly. Yeah. Um, now it, Washington Post might've done that, but you know, let's see the receipts. Let's not right. just make allegations without seeing the receipts. And also if I were the Washington Post, I wouldn't have picked the Nevada caucus. If, if if they did this a month ago, I would have tried to do it in, right ahead of Iowa because Bernie was bound to win Nevada. He was way ahead in the polls. And yeah. You can't I don't think you could hurt Bernie in Nevada. Right. Um, so if I were conspiring to mm. fuck Bernie's world up, I would have come out with that news right ahead of, of Iowa personally, because New Hampshire and Nevada were in the bag for him. I this is a hard one because I, I, I fully understand what you're saying. And I and I don't want Bernie to become a candidate who attacks the press in a way that is Trump-like or, but I will say that his supporters are so anti-corporate media and mm -hmm. a lot of us are really distrustful of a lot of mainstream media. Not everybody on those networks, but a lot of them. And I think that's, I don't think a lot of his supporters were phased at all by hearing that, no. quite frankly. I, I certainly wasn't at all. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's just because we see a lot of the attacks put forth against him and this sort of like openly stop Sanders thing that's happening right now on a lot it's of It's not networks. really mainstream media though, uh, except for Chris Matthews. MSNBC. MSNBC I mean, is hardcore no Bernie. Not the entire network. Not the entire but network, no. But like I, I CNN, Todd and CNN even got like a dig in at them because they were talking about the Bernie tweet that his own campaign tweeted and it since fucked his life over on Twitter, at least in moderate circles, the one where he's, you know, saying we don't have to get into that whole thing but you know you know the tweet mm -hmm. the republicans can't stop me democrats can't stop me that whole tweet mm -hmm. um but he fuck yeah that one stuck in my craw too right yeah that upset that upset a lot mm -hmm. of i was like damn it i've been a democrat for decades and you, i think you don't want me right that tweet that tweet did upset a lot of people and, and it warranted a lot of discussion but mm -hmm. during the cnn discussion they had a dig at msnbc that was like you know other other networks are like freaking out over this tweet and then they proceeded to have a really nuanced and good conversation about it that was not alarmist mm -hmm. like these other things are and i appreciated that outside of me being a bernie supporter it just makes me incredibly uncomfortable that they would do that except for bloomberg because i think that he is an exception to being <laughs> an, a huge affront on <laughs> the democratic party right now mm -hmm. but I don't like the idea of like railing people publicly like that already mm -hmm. at this stage in the game. It's just like, yeah, is that really deserved right now, or yeah. does it line up with? I don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's such a it's such a. I I don't know what words to use here. I I I fully hear what you're saying about how like openly attacking the press is bad. But at the same time, we see people openly attack him constantly. So it's like this weird situation where like... Yeah, eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. No, and I know what you mean. I don't think... In, in, in 2016, there may have been a, a more press issues with Bernie uh, than there are in this cycle. I mean, they're they're calling it. He's ahead. He's running away with it, et cetera, right. et cetera. That's what I hear from mainstream media. Yeah. I think there's more of a blackout on Warren. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. you know, I, and, and fine. If you have mm -hmm. an issue with the press... Come at me with your receipts mm -hmm. and and show me where you know this from. Maybe he knows this. I, I don't yeah. know if it's so much of as a I I think this specific thing about saying that he, that he uh, that that they potentially withheld it to a particular date was not a great comment. Like I would agree with you there, and and I don't think he necessarily has receipts. But I think in general. I don't know if it's necessarily like conspired. P people are conspiring and sitting and having secret meetings about how they're what they're going to say about Bernie and how. But a lot of the people on these networks are really rich and they are bound to protect their own interest. And so them being really anti-Bernie is just 
class solidarity. Okay, but also, you know, you know what I mean. Washington Post holding the story for a month, which probably isn't true. They were probably just verifying it. Yeah. I don't know, though. I really, honestly, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. So I wouldn't pretend to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bernie also knew for a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. And he was getting criticism for that. Too. And yeah. so you know, yeah, yeah. But he may have gone to other campaigns and told them what was up or or something. And mm-hmm. he did mention in the debates before this story dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, "Hey, some of these maybe these guys who are shitty that are my followers are in Russian." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it is hard yeah. to it is hard to imagine from a campaign standpoint what good you would do for yourselves by coming out and saying, "Hey, just wanted to let everybody know Russia's on my side." Take a <laughs> it's cute like- Trump lube the truth, man. Come out ahead of it. Come out the fuck ahead of it, and just you know, say, "Hey, I was just." Just informed by the FBI, Russia's interfering in my election. Stop it. I don't want it. I don't accept it. Yeah. And I want all the other campaigns to know that this is happening. Right. And I don't uh, a- appreciate it. Yeah. Well, he said that just after it was already after brought the to the attention yeah. of, yeah, by the media. But uh, can I say one last thing? Cool. I-, I know that this is a larger conversation than we planned on having. So thank you for letting this roll. But mm. um, I do feel like. Going back to what you were saying, Amanda, about there being wealthy people in media and stuff and them Mm -hmm. having certain interests. I also do think that, especially in the pundit sphere, people on CNN, people Mm -hmm. on MSNBC, they have been in the game for a lot longer than Bernie has had this sort of rise. And Mm -hmm. progressive, these kinds of progressive ideas have actually been on the ballot. And so I think for them, a lot of it is just like whoa, 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 this is too much. I'm really afraid we're going to lose this vote. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I do believe a lot of it is genuinely them thinking it's not what's best for the vote right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think most people who, who are coming out against Bernie are g- genuinely, legitimately concerned that he could lose to Trump in a general. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. Honestly, I think yeah. that that's why they're doing it. Yeah, I think so too. But on that, on that note, where I have to... <laughs> um, where I have to kind of push back on that is... There is an entirely new voting block and people that once never, you know, had maybe the desire to vote because they didn't feel there was a candidate that truly represented them. There are these entirely different voting blocks now. This is not an illusion that he's doing so well. And that's kind of a thing that is frustrating for me to hear in the media is people are reporting on it sometimes like, wow, this is this is really getting away from us now and really rolling downhill and oh, and they're kind of freaking out. And it's like this is people that are. Voting, unless you believe that Russia is already somehow making it so Bernie's getting so many more votes, it's hard for me to understand why it's hard for them to understand that at this point in time, it is the will of the people right Right. now. And just before we move on from this, I just want to make it clear that I'm like not comfortable with Bernie's attacks on the press. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is there is a distrust of certain media outlets within Mm -hmm. his supporters. I want to make that distinction. I don't want I don't want people to treat me. I have to ask why. Pardon? And I have to ask why. Why there's distrust of certain media? Yeah. I think it's because we all grew up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think he has a lot of young supporters and we all grew up, we all, and, and I think it's just like a... But we've also had an onslaught of three years of fake news and don't trust the media and fuck the media. Yeah. And well, this, I mean, this kill is... Kill the but, media but I was, and arrest the media. I was a Noam Chomsky supporter b- right. long before <laughs> Bernie came along. Right, right, right. And this goes back to this argument you know of populism yeah. there reg- the reason why there are people that exist that are like i would either vote for trump or bernie is because populism is real and it's where we're at right now regardless mm-hmm. of ideologically where you stand on what policies you'd vote for there's a general sense of distrust in the department of justice in the media in these major institutions that oh yeah before any of this happened i, I didn't really trust the fbi or the cia right yeah right and you i know. think it's only growing And it's growing because Trump is coming in and he's capitalizing off of this populist era where people want more of their power back. And he's like, I'll be the one to give you the power. And he has a similar tone that Bernie does sometimes. And what he says, the difference being Bernie is real and (laughs) Trump is not. Trump is coming in and swooping on these people's heartstrings that are thinking, I've been disenfranchised out of politics in general. And He's effectively been able to evilify. You know what I will say on a positive note, though, AG, to wrap this up? I think that if a lot of um, different media outlets continue to positively cover him and his supporters, that will help that will help trust be rebuilt to some extent. Between now and when is the question in the election. (laughs) And um, it it, it can only be said that Bernie is winning because he's getting more votes. Mm -hmm. uh, That's clear Especially russia's not gonna game russia's not gonna have an impact until the, the general Mm-mm. so uh, i mean it has a little bit of an impact there mm-hmm. are a lot of people who feel shitty about bernie mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. because of maybe some russian 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bots and, and other Bernie supporters. Right. Well, we can't forget Tad Devine and saying all. Saying shitty shit, but mm-hmm. like, totally. you know, uh, I, I can, I'm certainly not of the mindset that Bernie is conspiring with Russia, yeah. although Trump will end up saying that. Mm. Totally. Uh, which is going to make it a little bit more of an uphill battle for Bernie to beat him. But uh, thank you guys for a thoughtful discussion on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and still, if, if Bernie wins a nomination, I'll vote for Bernie. If mm-hmm. uh, Warren wins it, I'll vote for Warren. I'm sure we're all on that same page. I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Bloomberg wins the nomination, I have to vote for Bloomberg. Hold your the nose. most reluctant thing I'll ever do. <laughs> I have to. Yep. You know, I just mm-hmm. have to. I'm not going to try to help him win that fucking nomination, but. Um, anyway, just on the other side of the break, I will speak with former FBI assistant director and NBC contributor Frank Fagluzzi about Bernie's rebuttal to the Washington Post story and his strong words for Russia and what we can do to combat Russian interference in the face of Republican Republican complicity. He actually gives us some things we can do. Um, so if you want these episodes ad free to sign up to support women in podcasting, visit patreon.com slash the daily beans. We also started video bonus episodes, which are really funny, uh, not humorous, funny, just funny peculiar Mm -hmm. uh where we answer patron questions in studio so please join us that's patreon.com slash the daily beans we'll be right back after these messages we'll be right back hey everybody this is ag here and this episode of the daily beans is brought to you by ShipStation. when you're selling online getting your orders out can be a real pain in the butt so you know you have to keep track of who gets what when it's due which shipping carrier should you use are you getting the best rates you should try shipstation.com it's the fastest easiest and most affordable way to manage your ship uh, manage and ship your orders and it's every small seller's favorite uh, just a few clicks you'll be managing your orders printing out labels and getting your product out fast to keep your customers happy shipstation makes it easy uh, we used shipstation when we were sent, sending our merch out their service is stellar and their entire experience has been overwhelmingly positive shipstation helps you get orders out quickly save money on shipping and make everybody happy. So no matter what you're selling, where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or from home, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them easy to manage. Uh, You can even manage it on your cell phone. And it works with all of the major carriers, including the Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your company. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs, so any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal, no wonder it's the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And now, Daily Beans listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code Daily Beans. There's absolutely no risk. Start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type Daily Beans. And joining us today for an interview is former FBI Assistant Director and NBC News National Security Contributor Frank Figluzzi. Frank, thanks again for agreeing to join me today on the show. Hey, gee, I, I would normally say it's my pleasure, but the topics have been so grim that uh, I'll just say thanks for having me. <laughs> Deal. Um, and I have some questions for you regarding, obviously, the big news that the intelligence community briefed the House Intelligence Committee that Russia is once again attacking the 2020 election on behalf of Trump. Uh, and, of course, his response. But first, we knew from reporting last month that uh, I think it was in The New York Times that the FBI was already looking into Russian interference in this upcoming election. And, you know, since then, Barr put out that memo saying if you want to open an investigation into a presidential campaign, you have to get his written consent first. Um, if if an investigation had already been ongoing, would it have to stop or or do you th- I, I I'm a little confused about you know, if let's say Barr puts out this memo and I, I would assume they would have had to have, have like alerted him to the fact that they were investigating this already if they had been. Well, cl- clearly the attorney general would have been well aware as soon as you walked into the position that there's an ongoing task force, uh, not only on election security writ large, but on uh, foreign interference with the election. So that that's an ongoing initiative. I read uh, Barr's edict to the Justice Department and the U.S. attorneys around the country slightly differently. I I read it as, hey, if you're going to open up on an individual, right, you're going to open a case on a named individual or individuals or a a party or a campaign or candidate, I I have to approve that. Mm. And and that would not, that should not include this election security foreign interference effort, which he appears to, at least from an optic standpoint, be on board with. Mm. So it's sort of like in 2016, how there was already an open investigation on 
actionable predicate and facts that uh, into Russia interfering in our election. And it wasn't until later when I think it was Andy McCabe added Trump's name to it specifically that 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 sort of thing would have to be approved by Barr. Yeah, you're on the you're on the right track. And they 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 would have for criminal purposes, all the big names that we now know have been um, including Stone, Manafort, Flynn, all of those names would have ended up in what we call the header of the case. And what Barr is saying in his new edict is, hey, 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 if you're going to start adding people's names that are involved in a campaign or are in office, I have to personally approve that. That's a scary, scary situation. Yeah, it it does seem a little odd, uh, especially given his history of protecting this administration. And Question for you, and, and I know that uh, I know Maddow's asked Jim Baker this, I've asked Andy McCabe this, if there is something going on untoward, just like how uh, recently when we found out that the the intelligence community had briefed the, the Gang of Eight, I believe, or at least the intelligence community, or committee, excuse me, uh, who, and Trump's angry about this, so if Trump's mad about this and this sort of thing comes up, who do we tell? Who do you tell <laughs> yeah you're asking the sixty four thousand dollar question so <laughs> let, let's recap let's recap what's happened in the last couple of days here we have the acting dni mcguire uh bounced out of his role okay. and why now we now the light bulb goes on we now know why because at least in part trump was ticked off that mcguire briefed and his people brief the House and Senate intelligence committees that Russia was trying to help Trump by reportedly already in the Democratic primaries. This caused Trump to blow a gasket. So you're asking a very valid question. If we're going to now have a political hack in the position of director of national intelligence, somebody who will suppress this kind of briefing or will shape it differently to please his boss, then the question of who a whistleblower would go to, because remember, people say, well, what's this DNI thing all about? Uh The DNI was created after 9-11 to oversee the 17 intelligence agencies in the U.S. government and be that conduit of intel between back and forth to the White House and the intelligence community. So if you've got this whistleblower complaint, like like the, uh, the guy who said, hey, wait a minute, this Ukraine call is bad, who do you go to? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the answer is, it's not. It, it appears that if a political hack's put in the DNI position, we are in for suppression of whistleblowing, waste, fraud, and rebuke reports. Mm. And then how do you weigh the chilling effect on future whistleblowers that uh, the Republicans like Rand Paul and the Senate have had by releasing and trying to out the whistleblower, trying to get Chief Justice John Roberts to read their name uh, on television and then just going ahead and, and, and publishing it, putting it out there and going after them. I mean, that chilling effect on future whistleblowers, which I think was the intent, uh, has to do some damage in that arena. Well, you, you to understand what, what whistleblowers are in for in the, in the near term, you only have to look at the treatment of people who were, were doing it openly and trying to simply do their job. Look at Lieutenant Colonel Vidman, who just testified as to, um, he, this is a guy who was on the call, by the way, with Ukraine. He testifies as to what he knows. Look at um, our U.S. Ambassador Yovanovitch to uh, Ukraine. She's ousted because why? She's trying to do her job. So we're looking at a future where people who try to do their job, like acting DNI McGuire, are going to be tossed out the door. The chilling effect is is a freezing effect. This isn't a chill. We are we are future whistleblowers. Yeah, and they went after Vindeman's brother, like mob style. It's not it's not just we're coming after you. No, the guy's a twin brother. He's sitting there. Imagine that you're sitting there at your desk. Hey, hey, you're out. What what's the problem? You look a lot like this guy down there. That's what I said too. I don't. I don't want to see your face. Uh, your face looks too much like his face. I don't want to see your face either. <laughs> That's it. That's it. We. We. This is. You know. It, it, it's either laugh or cry. And, and I'm. I mean. I'm. At least we're finding some humor in this. But I got to tell you, I, in my 25 years of service to the FBI, uh, much of it in counterintelligence, 
this is the scariest time that I've lived through thus far. And our Russia experts are all gone. They've all been bounced. And now we're, we're also without a quorum in the Federal Election Commission, which would require Trump to appoint people in McConnell to confirm them. So we have the gutted FEC, the gutted intelligence community leadership, a revolving door of actings, if you will. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the freezing effect on, on whistleblowers and now Barr, uh, basically making himself a better door than a window for any sharing of any intel of any kind. I, it's just it's absolute. So my question is, how does the IC, how does the intelligence community now respond that they've seemed to have been flanked and stifled like at every turn? What how what do they do when they find things? Do they just go to the press now. I mean, that's not legal. Exactly. I have never been an advocate for illegal leak of information. I, I am the first person to say, open the case. We have to go after this person. So it puts the intelligence collectors between a rock and a hard place. And, and I, I have to tell you, as I do pulse checks um, with some of my friends still in service, they, I, I sense a morale that's lower than ever. Um, you know, if you asked me this question a year ago, I'd say, hey, they've all got their heads down. They're doing their job. They're not paying attention to Washington. But now you're literally looking at a scenario where your, your craft, your mission is now going to be suppressed. So imagine a scenario, you're out in the field collecting as a CIA clandestine officer, maybe you're an FBI counterintel or intelligence agent, and you're, and, and you're, you're being told, hey, um, stop collecting on North Korea's missile program. We don't like that. that that's unpleasant. The, the boss doesn't want to hear about that. Or, hey, um, I don't want to hear about Russia and Vladimir Putin poisoning people. That's, that, we, we have no interest in that. Start collecting on this over here. So now you're, it's not just that your intel isn't getting up the chain. You're being told don't collect and report that. Do something else. That's the big concern that I'm hearing from uh, active duty folks. Yeah, and the do something else now is often go after Mueller, go after 2016, go after the Bidens, go after, you know, Flynn, re- re- take another look at the Flynn investigation, uh, go after Andy McCabe. So it's, it's again, it's like not just this weaponization of, you know, not going after your friends, but, but actively going after your political enemies. Yeah, th- this weaponization and politicization of politicization, if I can say that correctly, of, of intelligence and law enforcement is extremely disturbing. Look at just what the attorney general has done in the past couple of weeks. We, we've learned even more about additional secret investigations being run by his hand-picked U.S. attorneys around the country. U.S. Attorney St. Louis is now looking into the, the, um, the ambush, the alleged ambush interview of General Michael Flynn in the White House, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, the ambush interview, I, I get it. And, and McCabe's role in that and Comey's role in that. And then we find out, of course, that U.S. Attorney Pittsburgh is now the vetting channel for all of Rudy Giuliani's nonsense about Ukraine conspiracy theories. U- U.S. Attorney Connecticut. Um, is has been looking into the origins of the Russia case. And that sounds like it's a criminal investigation of some sort. So, you know, we breathe a sigh of relief that Andy McCabe um, is not going to be charged criminally on one thing, right, alleged lying investigators, but he is not off the hook by any stretch, according to A.G. Barr. No, nobody is. Um, so uh, so what do we do? Just vote? What What do we do? Well, you know, I, I would have told you that last week, just just uh, vote, turn big numbers. But look what we've learned this week. We've, we've learned that Russia is uh, helping Trump. Trump has been briefed on it. They're, they're, they've inserted themselves in the, in the pri- Democratic primaries. We learned today, breaking news, that the intelligence community briefed Bernie Sanders, that Russia is aiding him. And, and so let's take a lesson from Bernie. What did he do? He held a press conference today and he said, I denounce this. I don't want it. And if I'm ever president of the United States, Vladimir Putin and Russia will never interfere in another American election. We've heard crickets from Donald J. Trump on this. So, so what do we do? Look, I, I, a couple of things. One is I've said this on the air on MSNBC. You've got to demand hard hard answers. You've got to ask the hard questions and get the answers from your local county and state election officials. 
Don't look to Washington to solve the election security issue. It ain't happening. Demand paper ballots, paper backup. Uh, ask the hard questions. Am I walking out of my polling place with a piece of paper? Are you going to have a piece of paper showing how I voted if this all goes down the tubes? How are you transmitting um, voting results from this school, church, or gymnasium that I'm voting in? How is that going to county headquarters? How is it getting to the party? Ask those questions and demand answers. Secondly, we all should be uniting on the issue of foreign interference. What I would love to see, in addition, of course, to Trump coming out publicly and saying, I denounce this, I don't want it, I don't need it, I'd love to see Americans start organizing protests in front of Russian diplomatic establishments in the United States. You say, well, what what do you mean by that? I mean, if we get um, Americans enforced, particularly from both parties, in front of the Russian consulates in San Francisco, Los Angeles, the embassy in Washington, the, uh, the, the consulate in New York, and we send a signal, we don't want foreign interference in our elections, it sends a message to Russia that, uh, holy cow, instead of discord, sowing discord and disarray, we've united Americans against us. Mm. And, and, it, and, it, and think of the impact on the GOP and the White House. If they turn on the news today and they go, oh, my God, there's a thousand Americans in front of the Russian consulate or Russian embassy. Um, and if you don't speak out against the Russian interference, you're now going against thousands of Americans who say we don't want this. Wow. Great advice. Um, I will definitely uh, convey that uh, on as many different platforms as I can. I think that that's a wonderful idea. Uh, and I do appreciate you coming on today. Um Everybody, a former FBI assistant director, NBC News national security contributor, Frank Figluzzi. Thanks again for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, AG. Uh, stay safe and best wishes. All right. Thank you to Frank Figluzzi for taking the time to speak with us and give us those ideas about what we can do to help keep Russia out of our elections. We'll be right back with more news. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Do you have American Home Shield? Uh, do you even lift, bro? Uh, if you're a homeowner, you should. Because when you own a home, you know things break down. Um, heating going out, refrigerators dying, plumbing issues. It can be expensive and time-consuming um, for those of us who don't have extra skills or extra cash on hand to take it on. I am a former nuclear reactor mechanic, and I could not replace the heating element in my clothes dryer. That's where AHS, or American Home Shield, came in. They help cover the cost and take care of repairs when something breaks down, and if they can't fix it, they replace it. Or they find another solution, and it's just so cost-effective. Um, they're the nation's largest provider. They've paid more in-home warranty claims than any other company, uh, more than $2 billion in the past five years with America's most preferred home warranty and they have 1.8 million customers. Uh, AHS offers customers um, the coverage for up to 21 home systems and appliances plus unlimited electronics coverage for tablets, flat screen TVs and more. AHS has a nationwide network of 15,000 licensed professional contractors so they can find the right pro in your area to fix your problem fast. No inspections needed. No proof of maintenance is required. Coverage is available no matter how old your systems and appliances are, which is good for me because my dryer is really old. Uh, and they have plans and pricing to fit every budget. Um, so go to ahs.com slash dailybeans today to save $50 and start protecting your home and budget from inevitable breakdowns. ahs.com slash dailybeans. That's ahs.com slash dailybeans for $50 off any plan. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. All right. Welcome back. It is time for the Jordan Block. Yes. Jordan yes, Block yes, party. Yes, woo, woo. Yes, we need yes, some sort yes. of song. Wear sunscreen. Mm, sh- mm, mm, sh- <laughs> Wear sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a block party. Ginger block party. Sunscreen available. Uh, Ginger block party. Merch. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Starting now, Anderson Cooper is fucking badass. And if you're not on Twitter, you haven't seen this maybe, or if you're not watching CNN, but he tore in to Rod Blagojevich so fucking hard and it was so epic and he said shit he said bullshit i'm a big fan of the shit bombs pointed yes he was mad i've never seen anderson this mad yes it almost was kind of like amazing (laughs) after all my corporate media naysaying bring this up (laughs) i gasped when he said when you mattered and i was like yeah when you mattered, that's where we are yeah it's fucking good let's play the clip yeah yeah let's listen you're besmirching prosecutors who actually 
uh, who are no longer in, the, in, in government, but, you know, prosecutors are important in our system, and you are going after the very basis of what? our justice system, which has plenty of problems, but, but you know, part of the thing right. is you got out, you do have an obligation to at least admit what you did wrong, and you refuse to do that, and you're creating a whole new alternate universe of facts, and that may be big in politics today, but it's still, frankly, just bullshit. So epic. That guy sucks. So goddamn bad. Just disgusting, honestly, that he's going to sit here and try to say he's going to, will you join me in my work to defend justice? It's like, shut the fuck, fuck up. <laughs> God. It's like Dahmer having a cooking show. Yeah. After he got yes. out of prison. You know, like, what are you? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Everybody, <laughs> at the end of the show, he always serves people their meals. They're always like, mm-hmm. the great Dahmer bake off. <laughs> Iron Chef, we have a surprise ingredient you have to incorporate into your ramen (laughs) today. Just throw it over their shoulder. Mmm, delicious. It's Bill's liver. (laughs) Enjoy. Uh, That's more Hannibal Lecter. I'm sorry. I'm on it. Joke about cannibalism, but I mean, I think that's okay to joke about. I don't know. I feel like there's a certain prevalence threshold it has to reach before it's before they start deserving consideration. Fifty bucks. We get an email saying not to cannibal shame. That's so true. And honestly, I don't even know the legality on that. So (laughs) (laughs) if we should report you to the police, who knows? All right. Another pardon news. Uh, Trump's putting Kushner in charge of pardons. That's like putting the cookie monster in charge of the cookie jar. Yeah. No it's like putting Kushner. a dingo in charge of babies. It's yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Say, right? It's the worst thing. I tried so hard to do a cookie monster impression in my car, and I was like, I can't do this. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I do sounds like Yoda. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, my God. Anyways. Yeah, it's fucking the worst idea to put him in charge of that shit, obviously. But there's a whole group of Trump advisors that are working on the pardons, and Kushner is going to be their leader. Uh, the group's apparently been meeting since last year with the purpose of devising a new pardon system for the White House, and I really hate the sound of that. It seems like a step towards institutionalized, like, institutionalized pardons, which I don't know if that kind of coalition already exists. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are scouting i guess for good pardon candidates generally for presidents but the fact that they're trying to consolidate the pardon power in the white house yeah you were telling me that before uh we started recording they're yeah. taking uh the, the pardon power away from anybody and just putting only yes they're trying to shift it away from the doj and just put it into the white house which is again another huge red flag this is just another step in the ladder towards authoritarianism this guy just keeps consolidating power it's literally all he does so fuck yeah (laughs) i don't know why they don't just call kushner the consolidation of powers are yes it's fucking really bad so that's bad all right and next finally uh more of like a <clears throat> he's a little he's like he's kind of like blues clues a little bit i guess hi <laughs> i'm elmo nope tickle me tickle tickle me i'm red I'm that's, red. What the, that's what the voice is <laughs> just self-aware elmo the red scare <laughs> all right finally okay days after we learned of trump's new dni pick who's never served in any intelligence agency by the way if you forgot about that uh, well, we just learned who he's naming as his top advisor, and it's not great. It's a guy named Kash Patel. He used to be a national security official. He was at the top there, and he was also a staffer on the Hill that played a huge part in helping discredit the Mueller investigation. He's a total Devin Nunes understudy, actually used to be Nunes' top staffer. So Wait, wasn't he the guy who Trump thought was his Ukraine advisor? Yes. Mm. <clears throat> Good memory. Good catch. Thank you. yikes well that's not good at all now he's putting him i guess in a position where he gets to be maybe there's not too many details about exactly what he's going to be doing there but i think it's safe to say he's going to continue upholding the actual sham investigations and continue trying to discredit the real ones he started thursday yeah looking up um in my database of scripts from episode 105, which is 13 weeks ago, two of Nunes' staffers, Doug Presley and Cash Patel, traveled to London without the knowledge of the U.S. Embassy or the British government in search of Steele, whose lawyers declined to access his client. Cash Patel, you say? That name sounds familiar, you say? Yes. <laughs> he came up in Dr. Hill's testimony. He's the guy that Trump thought was his top Ukraine expert on national security, uh. but was actually Colonel Vindman. 
And that's one of the reasons Vindman was asked not to attend certain meetings because Trump thought oh, Patel yeah. was his Ukraine guy and he, they didn't want to confuse the president. Oh, my God. Daddy gets angry when he's confused. Yes, <laughs> or if something changes, like we come home with a haircut and he's going to freak out or something. <laughs> like, wear a wig forever. It's like it's when so... my dad shaved his beard off when I was four and I cried. Yeah, it was yeah like, exactly. your face? Exactly. That's like how he reacts to change also, I guess. <laughs> I see Trump, who's your face? <laughs> to Vinman's brother. Yeah. I don't understand. I remember That's my... all. Vinman should just grow a beard. Go back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. There we yeah, go. Security, easy. national security saved. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Just grow a beard. Just grow a beard. Oh my God, so bad. I remember one time my mom came home and she cut her hair and I was like, you look like the weather lady. That's what I said. <laughs> my mom's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but she used to have longer hair. The change freaked me out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you were like four, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so I was, I think a four-year-old five. reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's exactly what cool. it is. Not comfortable with change with hair. Yeah. For some reason, I have this distinct memory of standing on the stoop of our house and her opening the door for the reveal, which really would never have happened because that would have meant I would have been in like unwatched outside just knocking on my door like a Girl Scout or something. It traumatized me apparently though because I, I wonder have this. If, <laughs> I wonder if Blagojevich's kids when he came home from prison oh, and his hair was all God. white like <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Oh that guy is so fucking shitty. Yeah that's what you should be afraid of. Blech. All right. <clears throat> we have um, the good news on the other side of the break and there's some really good news so stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and thank you so much for listening, subscribing to Daily Beans, being a patron, uh, listening to Muller She Wrote, subscribing there, giving us ratings. We really appreciate it. I am now on a new podcast called uh, Awful Neutral, and it is my uh, free time, fun time, self-care podcast. It is a D&D podcast, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but we do other things, too, like we did a Call of Cthulhu um, little miniseries for Halloween. We're doing some leprechaun thing for for uh, St. Patty's Day, and um, we did a now, and we're doing some kids on bikes episodes too, which is this really neat role playing game that's based on Stranger Things. So, uh, it is uh, seven comedians. We all get together. We play D and D, and it's really fun and really interesting. A lot of improv, a lot of canonization, and I think that you would really enjoy it. So, if you get a chance. Um, check it out. Uh, it's um, Awful Neutral. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts or go to at Awful DND on social media. You'll be glad you did. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. It's time for good news. We'll all float on. <laughs> All right. I backed into a cop car the other day, but he just said, that's okay. And left. That's from the song. That didn't really Oh, <laughs> It's like, what? what? I just saw... I backed into a cop car oh, the other day. <laughs> of course. Quick moment of irony. I was driving in Fullerton yesterday, and I saw that someone had a, a pickup truck rear-ended a car, like, very badly. Yeah. And then I drive by, and in my rearview mirror, I look at the pickup truck, and on the front of it just says Ram. <laughs> Ram 1600. He uh, did it at 4 o'clock. Yeah, it was great. Oh, military time jokes. Okay, so North Carolina's Court of Appeals has blocked a Republican voter ID law determining it was written with the intent to target African-American voters. The ruling was unanimous. And it means that the racist voter ID law will not be able to be enforced in the 2020 election. Hell Yay. yes. And on Wednesday, a federal appeals court struck down the Florida law forcing ex-felons to pay their fines in order to vote, mm -hmm. which to me was an equivalent of a poll tax, which mm -hmm. is unconstitutional. And it seems that the federal appeals court uh, agreed with me. So yeah. good job, federal mm -hmm. appeals court, for agreeing with AG. Fuck yeah. Not the AG. And AG. <laughs> Uh, and a federal judge has tossed out a racketeering lawsuit Devin Nunes filed against Fusion GPS for $9.9 .9 million. According to Politico, Judge Liam O'Grady, <laughs> just in time for St. Patty's Day, don't you know, <laughs> issued an order that made short work of Nunes' suit, two-page order, basically, fuck off, lad, hi-hi. Um, <laughs> which, so I'm sorry to my Irish friends. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, his Nunez suit sought $9.9 million in damages from Fusion GPS, its founder Glenn Simpson, and a nonprofit watchdog called Campaign for Accountability. The judge also signaled that pressing on with the legal battle could result in sanctions against Nunez and his attorney, Stephen Biss, who is also a Republican from the Intelligence Committee. 
uh, also a douchebag. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing because the judge was like, and I don't want to hear any of your appeal shit. Uh, because I will sanction you because this is frivolous and you're wasting my you're wasting my time. <laughs> I'll bring out my Shelly. I'm sorry. I, I gotta stop. That's so. That's. It feel like it's. Can you tell it's Sunday? Yeah. We're all relaxed. Dude, this is our Monday. I love the Irish. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. This is the start of our work week. It is actually. You gotta be on top of our game. <laughs> Somebody's a great... got a case of the Sundays. <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, and Greyhound, the bus people. Uh, they are going to stop allowing Border Patrol agents without a warrant to board their buses and conduct immigration checks. Greyhound says it will notify the Department of Homeland Security. It does not consent to unwarranted searches, unwarranted, literally, uh, unwarranted yeah. searches on its buses or in areas of terminals not open to the public. Hell yeah. Thank mm. you, Greyhound. I didn't know that they were allowing that to begin with. So right. How incredibly. Glad to hear that they're yes. not anymore. It reminds me of the last crusade with Indiana Jones and the Nazis going around on the blimp saying, you know ticket you know right i mm -hmm. mean it's just like when cops will pull over a person of color and just ask for their papers yep mm -hmm. when's that in Arizona? wasn't that like an arizona thing yeah. yep that mm -hmm. was a joe arpaio joint yeah who was pardoned by trump mm. <sighs> and clint eastwood has abandoned trump for bloomberg but he still he all abandoned right. trump hey, all man. right all right Isn't dude it, that's a crazy empty chair guy from the republican national convention yep. i think yep. yeah that also uh hmm i hate watched many of his works because of knowing he was a Trump supporter. <laughs> and isn't he prime my gun from my cold dead hands guy? Isn't that him? I think so. Like, that's a line that he says? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. You can get my guns when you take it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> I thought that was him. I could be wrong. Send I, ha me a I have no idea. Not. Uh, and Bloomberg is a running a bunch of anti-gun campaigns, so that's mm -hmm. interesting. Interesting. That he uh, abandoned uh, Trump. You know, Maybe I gotta say. Clint Eastwood does want a fashion. Because if Clint Eastwood didn't say that, I do know he's pro-gun. Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Holly no, 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 it's totally fine. Um, Hollywood, I really think, plays, you know, as much as you want to hate on the institution of it all and how people look up to them so much. But their voices mean so goddamn much. Like how it is so powerful mm -hmm. when they come out and they say stuff against the president. It's like very cathartic. My favorite is when musicians like tell him they can't, he can't use their songs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or like when Johnny Cash fucked Nixon over that one. Right. Wasn't he like asked to come do mm -hmm. all these like patriotic songs and then he like last minute went rogue and did a song that was like really critical of, of like what yeah. was did happening. His, did his fuck Nixon song yeah. instead. <laughs> you know. Fuck Nixon. <laughs> I don't like that guy. He's a crook. <laughs> Trump tried to use. I me. kill California condors. <laughs> Fuck Nixon. Um, in 2016, nothing Trump... rhymes with condors. <laughs> no, no. What does rhyme? Nothing. <clears throat> I can't think of anything. Colors. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, in 2016, Trump tried to use Neil Young's music, and he was like, first of all, I'm Canadian oh, yeah. and I can't vote. So no. Second of all, I support Bernie. And in the last four years, Neil Young became a, an American citizen just to vote for Bernie. So oh, badass favorite. And. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it is funny. I, it, it, I'm glad that we have some celebrities using their platform for good. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yep. I have a friend who just took the nationalization test, aced it. She's going to vote for Liz. So. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Congratulations. Very excited. Yeah. Time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. All right, so this has to hurt. Big dick toilet salesman, a.k.a. hot tub crime machine, a.k.a. the human thumb, a.k.a. Matthew fucking Whitaker, said Friday during remarks at the Oxford Union that Russia is trying to interfere in 2020. Uh, he said this after we learned that the Russia briefing to the Gang of Eight hurt Trump's fifis. Uh, he said the Justice Department and the FBI were constantly on guard against the Russian threat to U.S. elections, saying, quote, I'm never going to deny that Russia tried to interfere in 2016. They tried to interfere in 2018, and now they're interfering in 2020. He then said... I believe Bill Barr, when he says the president tweeting about him causes uh, tweeting about cases is not helpful to him running the Department of Justice and administering justice. I was lucky that I didn't have the president tweeting about cases except for the Mueller investigation when I was the acting attorney general. So that was good for my experience. He actually said that. That wasn't me. He said that. Just wanted to emphasize it. <laughs> now, some might say this is bad news for Trump, but I say, what if it sets up Trump to blame a loss in November on Democrats and the Russians? Put some beans on that. Mm. Let's get social. Hashtag. Today's hashtag is brought to you by Amanda Reader. Whoop, whoop. Um, so trending on Twitter today is hashtag never alone LGBTQ. And I can't quite find out the source of it, but it is trending and um, it, it, it's it's trending because people are LGBT people are are reaching out to each other and and um, letting each other know that they're not alone, um, because 
in case you didn't know, 40% of homeless youth in the country are LGBT because they are kicked out by their parents. It's a disproportionate number of LGBT youth who are homeless or otherwise in danger um, because of their sexuality or gender identity. Um, so this is a trending hashtag right now, and there are a lot of people finding community and finding support and finding each other. So it's really nice, and you should check it out. It's also a lot of 19-year-olds posting cute selfies looking to get a date. <laughs> but um, but it is really beautiful to see that trending. So mm-hmm. And yesterday was hashtag National Margarita Day. Uh, also very important. <laughs> uh, I met up with your wife mm-hmm. and Travis Bone, executive producer of the Steph Miller Show and the Happy Hour Podcast. Oh, and like we him. had margaritas at mm. Moe's. Love it. So that fun. was... Uh, very fun too. If you're ever in San Diego and um, you want to hang out and you want to go to a really fabulous LGBT um, restaurant and bar, go to Urban Mo's. It's great. Yep. I got married there. Yep. And mm-hmm. they have really good gay karaoke and really great drag shows. You and really gay karaoke? Good, gay karaoke. Really good gay karaoke. It's, it's funny. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What makes a gay karaoke? Um, all the gay men singing show tunes. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but is that required? I go there it's and sing required. Billy Idol. Like it just throws okay. the whole thing off. Yeah. Okay. No, but it's great. That's it's what I was going to ask. Like if you go up there and you try to sing Coldplay oh, no, no, no. or something. Oh, no. You can sing whatever you want. Okay. No, no. 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 And like sometimes. It, it's just a faux pas if you do that. No, you can nope. sing whatever oh, you want. Okay. I'm just saying nope. it's it's a heavy number of got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, but in comparison to like another karaoke bar in San of Diego, it's a lot of not in Hillcrest. <laughs> yeah, not in Hillcrest. Yeah, <laughs> it is a lot of people singing like show tunes and like songs from Disney movies. And uh, that <laughs> yeah. sounds wonderful. You know what I mean? You got to come. Yeah, they're not I doing like American Pie yes. and Sweet Caroline. It's it's yeah, it's a different vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's my fave. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's our show. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, no. Yeah. No, I say go back and listen to Mueller. She wrote from mm-hmm. Sunday night. We have Malcolm Nance on um, mm-hmm. and it's a really important episode, a very special episode mm-hmm. where I get caught with a joint in my math book. And no, um, <laughs> it's a very special Mueller. She wrote. Uh, I think you will really uh, enjoy it. And um, thanks again to Frank Faglisi for coming on. Uh, it's the first time we've had him on uh, either of our shows. Just an incredibly smart, wonderful human being. So. Thank you, and thanks to all of our supporters. Um, you are making our lives awesome. Uh, video starts this week. Actually, today, I think, Saturday, or yes, today. <laughs> we're putting up the videos today, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. And um, send your questions in. Uh, we'll put up a couple of tweets and a, and a, note, a notice on um, the Patreon page to get your questions, and we'll answer them on the camera mm-hmm. with bras on, probably. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Could be a onesie. You never know. That's mm. the uh, intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> it only is $3 to find out. <laughs> All right, that's it. Everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reader. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>